Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into another edition of This Week in UNC Baseball. Head coach Scott Forbes joins myself and Matt Clements. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Coach Forbes, I was looking forward to this conversation. We talked after the game on Saturday and Sunday, and I always like to come back to a coach after they've had the time to sort of marinate a little bit on, on what happened because I understand post-game locker rooms and press conferences can be spot, you know, spur of the moment and all that kind of stuff. What has changed, if anything, over the last – 48 hours after, or 24 hours after you've had an opportunity to sort of digest what happened in Boshummer this weekend? I mean, a lot hasn't changed. Uh, you know, in reality, Boston College did, they pitched better, they defended better, and they had more timely hitting. And therefore, they won the series. Um, still love our team. I love our group. Uh, I like our locker room. I like our leadership. And if anything, I would say for me as the head coach, you know, coming in this morning even more motivated to help these guys recover, help them through it, and help them have a better week ahead. So what does that look like from a coaching standpoint? Yeah, you know, the guys know, you know, what we believe in here, and that and that is that there's no – secret recipe or no secret sauce it's good old-fashioned hard work um you know we learned that when i played at north carolina westland um you know i'm thankful that i played at a division three i'm thankful that i coached at a mid-major where you had to do all the the field work and i believe it and, I, and, and our guys know that how much we believe in working and working through those hard times and that if you don't work hard and sustain hard work. You want to work smart. You know, we're not going to go out there today and practice for five hours because we just played three games. Um, but if anything, when you when you lose some games, it can help reiterate, like, here's what, where we really have to get better. And if you look at the games in the last two weeks that we've lost, besides the 4-4 runs against Boston College late on Saturday, you know, we had a chance to win every game, even that game until late. We were ahead. You know, we're just going to – we're going to go to work. 
we're going to get in the weight room. We're going to get on the field. We're going to practice, and we're going to try to improve. Coach Forbes, um, can you talk about, you know, there's the starting pitching that you had this weekend? Obviously, you were pretty disappointed in the in the short outing from Max Carlson on Friday, and then Bo Bear pitched to Jim on Saturday, and then Knapp didn't have – as off-speed stuff, it seemed, on, on Sunday, but he just seemed to grit through that performance. Yeah, I thought Nat pitched off pure guts. Now, he did have a good fastball. When you're throwing a fastball up to 95-96, you're going to get away with some mistakes, and he got away with some, and he pitched on the edge quite a bit. But, man, he really competed. Bovair was outstanding, um, and Carlson just didn't pitch well. And, you know, that Friday game, we didn't come out on top. We had to use AC for almost 50 pitches. We had to use Poston for three innings. Two of our top relievers, we had to use Dalton Pence, and that definitely affected the bullpen the next two days. Um, you know, so we got to get better, more length, and, and Bovair will pitch Friday against Virginia Tech. Knapp will pitch Saturday, I believe. We might go Friday, Sunday, Knapp, and name a Sunday, a Saturday starter later this week. But right now – my plan is to go Bovair Friday, nap Saturday, TBA Sunday, and we will start Dalton Pence tomorrow on a pitch count. And also uh, Cameron Padgett, you know, started Tuesday, you know, just you know going four and uh, third innings with a with a long appearance, and then was a little more ineffective over mm -hmm. over the weekend. Can can you talk about his his week and his performance? Yeah, Cam and, and Matt, you know, freshmen learning on the fly. And you learn on the fly that you can't throw two O pitches and challenge guys right down the middle when they're in the two or three hole of the ACC. Uh, both of them compete. Cam, I don't think he was tired. I think he had those three days. Uh, I just don't think he made as good of pitches as he did against UNC Charlotte. Um, UNC Charlotte has a good lineup. They don't play in the ACC. Uh, but Cam doesn't strike a lot of guys out either. And if we get more length on Friday – and we're able to go to an AC or a Poston or a Pence, one of the three, on Saturday, Cam's not pitching. Um, but we'll work with Cam, you know, about the difference in starting a game and the difference between starting and coming out of the bullpen and trying to, to, to be good at both. One thing Tomas Frick said post-game to us is that he felt like Carlson going to the bullpen, um, and I'm paraphrasing him, will let him be more free. It, because he felt like um, he wasn't really pitching like he, he should or he has and all. How tough is it as a coach, as a staff, um, even as a team psychologist to to sort of do that with kids when they understand it's one thing not to be good enough, right? It's another to not perform up to how good you have been. Just sort of discuss that in, in your – dealings with these guys over the last couple of weeks because they've been right there, but it seems like the same thing or very similar things aside from a bad bounce. I've never seen a bounce like that, but on Friday night, how, how does that work within um, the minds of these guys? I mean, you know, baseball is fragile, right? Like, you know, confidence is contagious and performance. When you perform, you become more confident. Uh, but you still can act confident even if you're not performing. And we're going to talk about that today. Like there are going to be days where you got to you got to mentally, like you talked about, you just got to go out there and you got to let the compete factor be at the top, and you just have to compete because you may not be seeing it well, you may not be feeling great on the mound, 
in Carlson's case, you know, in all my years of coaching, it goes one of two ways. You know, number one, you find out about a kid right away. You know, like we were talking about the Jalen Hurts comp being benched at halftime of a national championship game. Which way are you going to go? You know, and in our program, you don't have but one choice. You either accept it and relish it and do what the team needs you to do, or you're going to become irrelevant. And because that's the mark of not being a good teammate. So our hope is that Carlson does exactly what Frick says. You know, you got to be a little bit ticked off because you're no longer the Friday starter and you pitch a little bit ticked off, like, hey, I'm going to show them. And then you do what's best for your team. And if you look at our games, if we can add another really good arm out of our bullpen, that will help us win games. And that's all what we're trying to do as a team. How much tinkering, you know, I was looking at last season and – it's very similar. Um, the records were worse last year, but how much tinkering do you do as a coaching staff at this point in the year, whether it's with the lineup, whether it's with the rotation? I mean, I think it's a pretty significant move to take your Friday guy and put him in the pen at this point yes. in the season. How, you know, how do you weigh that? How much do you discuss it with your team? Um, or is it a, a, you know, a benevolent dictatorship? I want folks to get along, but this is how it's going to be. <laughs> like Denzel Washington, remember the Titans, right? <laughs> it's a dictatorship, not a democracy. No, I mean, the stat, you know, if you, you trust your team. We have older players, you know, we're starting guys that have pitched a lot or played a lot, and they've done it in big games. And every team goes through, you know, a tough stretch. I appreciate you reminding me that our record was worse last year at this point. So maybe that make makes you feel, feel, make you feel better. Make, make you feel a little bit better. You're never going to feel good, <laughs> but it's in the first time we've been swept. You know, it's just the first time BC's done some, something against us. So, you know, you got to deal with it, and you have to hope that it can it can make you better in some way, shape, or form, and you can move past it. I, I don't think we did a good job moving past that Friday game, and I'll talk to the guys about that, like because that was a tough one at home, big crowd, fireworks. Game on the line, we're about to win it. We ground to a double play. They score again, and we have a chance to score, and we don't score, right? You know, you but you you got to be able to deal with that. Um, but the tinkering, you know, you don't talk to your team a lot about it. You know, if, if I'm taking I – I sit down and talk to Carlson about it and say, here's why we're doing it. And I used Austin Love as an example with Carlson. I said, I could have brought Austin Love in here and told Austin Love, Austin, you're going to do this. Yes, sir. Austin, you're going to do that. Yes, sir. And there's no coincidence he had the success that he had. You know, there's a kid that was our savior in 2019 at the bullpen. Didn't even pitch in 18. Red shirt, as a matter of fact. And then we needed him to be a starter, and he worked as a starter. Um, and I told I told Carlson, I said, you know, this is, this is what the team needs. And same reaction. Awesome kid. Yes, sir. I'll be ready. Um, so you don't talk to the team about it much, but you do look at it. You know, it's easier to, to tinker with things when you when you struggle and you can't be afraid. But you also, what I've learned, you could be you could have won the last 18 out of 20. But if a change is going to help your team improve, you got to have the kahunas to make that change. Um, you know, in 2018, we were we were playing well at the time, but we still weren't playing as well as we thought we could, and we started leading off Kyle Datras. Um, you know, he's not your prototypical leadoff hitter. And you look at your lineup, you look at our lineup right now, Tommy and Matt, you look at it, we're getting hits. We're getting on base. 
Um, in the last two weeks, we just hadn't done a lot of damage when those guys were on base, so we've got to work on that. But do you do you change the lineup to try to say, okay, maybe if this guy comes up, he's more apt to do damage? So those are the type of things that we've been talking about this morning as a staff. Yeah, I mean, on, on that note, you know, <clears throat> James came up with a, a stat that where the Diamond Heels this week were 0-18 with the bases loaded, with a hit-by-pitch and a walk getting two runs batted in. I mean, how do you – you know, hitting's contagious, but then you, know, you get to the point where it's you're ready to open the floodgate and yeah, no just, doubt. I mean, it's like how do you how do you psychologically, you know, prepare players for that level of pressure? And you know, that's the time when you, the pressure should be on the other team. So yeah, you you try to you said it best. Number one, you remind them the pressure's on the other team. Use that to your advantage. But then you try to simulate it the best you can in practice. That's what we'll do today. We'll set the machine up. And today we're all doing situational hitting. You know, if a runner gets a leadoff single, I mean, a leadoff single, no outs, we have second and third, whole infield's back. All it takes is a ground ball to first base, and you got a runner at third. You already scored a guy, and another ground ball scores two runs. Um, I think the issue with our guys is they're trying so hard with the bases loaded, but they're not just having it at bat. You know, you, Max, a great example. You look at, and Mac, he tried. I mean, some of his swings, it looks like it looks like he's trying to hit the ball over E House with the bases loaded, but he leads off the the game in the ninth when we're down by one run against Boston College and hits a laser right up the middle. So that's what we're going to work on today: slowing it down, not seeing those base runners, understanding too. I'm glad you asked me about this because this is what all we talked about. How can we help our guys have more success in these situations? Um, and reminding them that just having – sometimes a good at bat means the next guy has to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to take a walk, and that may be only one run. And you have to trust that your teammate, next guy up, is going to do it. And uh, that's what we're going to work on hard today. Yeah. On on a somewhat related note, it also seems like Boston College really worked very hard at shutting down the running game for the Diamond Heels. I mean, they put a lot of attention – uh, on Mac yeah. and on Vance, can you talk about how they've got to, you know, step it up to to win the cat and mouse game? You know, at the end of the day, we were one for two in stolen bases. They were three for three. Um, it's it's the it's on the pitcher number one. You know, if you're fortunate to have a catcher that's got a bazooka, that helps. Um, but if you don't and you're quick to the plate. You know, what they did a good job is burying their holes, being quicker to the plate. And let's be honest, it's a little harder to steal bases when you're down. You know, the, the running game comes to an effect a little more when you're even. Or, But, again, you know, Mac had a huge stolen base in that ninth inning. We didn't have to bunt him over. He's still second base. But those two guys, they're base stealers. But when a pitcher is a 1-1, you just got to kind of tap, you know, tip your cap to them. That's what made Gage Gillian so effective was you couldn't run on them. Here's a one-one to the plate, uh, but we'll keep working on those jumps and and those guys. They're still going to try to steal. You know, it's just a matter of picking the right moment. Can you talk a little bit about Colby Wilkerson? I mean, he's made some plays at short. He's had some good at bats. Um, you, you know, it, I, I feel like he's one of the guys that you can rely on consistently. Um, but I wanted your take on that. Yeah, Colby's been phenomenal. Um, I think he's, his defense has been – I mean, that's one area. You want to always focus on – got to be honest with your guys and you need to challenge them. But, again, being negative ain't going to do us no good. However, 
you want to focus on what you're doing well. And we're trending up defensively. Um, you know, we haven't made many errors in the last two weeks. Uh, one was on Maca throwing air in the outfield, and one was on Maca throwing air at third base. And they gave Colby an air on that really tough play that I honestly thought Stoke should have scooped when he was coming, you know, towards our dugout and slung it across his body. But, you know, that's 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 what we're going to talk to our pitchers about. You know, you cut back on those free passes, we're making plays behind you. So we got to cut back on those walks. You got one of the best shortstops in the country that can get to anything and make a play. So he's been huge for us, and, and he's going to be huge for us down the stretch for sure. Mac and out. Let me. Well, I've got a bunch of questions. God, we can <laughs> forever. Um, uh, Mac in the outfield. Are, are you liking that? And the reason I ask that is that that throwing area you mentioned. Now I think that was Friday. Was was a yeah. couple of those Friday? I mean, that's a one-run game, and those errors were big. You got Johnny at third. Johnny struggled at the plate. Uh, you know, we talked about tinkering and wiggling and all that. I mean, is is that – are you still comfortable with that, with Horvath being out there? Because Horvath gives I'm you range in the outfield, but I think you lose that range at third base. And there were some plays at third that Mike may have made. Johnny, yeah, I think you're accurate. I think you're accurate. And you guys know me now. You've been around me long enough. I'm never going to be. I don't. I believe in being honest with our players. I'm never going to 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 bash a player. Um, and I believe in Mac in both places. We've also believed in Johnny. Johnny's done a, a lot of really good things. But obviously, Mac, he's faster and he has more range. Um, and you're playing Johnny to get his bat in the lineup. Uh, so you have to make a decision. Okay, if you're play, if, if you feel pretty good about that, well, then we might have to make an adjustment, like we did with Kobe last year. We might just say, okay, you know, we're just going to play our best defense right now, and we'll go from there. Um, so I think you could see Johnny at third, some still, but you also could see Mac. And yeah, the kicker now is obviously, you know, and and this isn't an excuse because you you still can lose the game. You know, when you lose a guy that had really taken a step forward that was hitting almost 370 or 380 and Patrick Alvarez, it's a plus defender, you have to make some different decisions and move guys around, right? Because Patty's probably playing left field and Max probably playing third, um, potentially. Uh, so now that Patty's out, at least until after exams, he had hamate surgery on Friday. Uh, he's a tough kid. Maybe he'll come back sooner. It is what it is. So – we just got to figure out, okay, if we move Matt back to third base, who plays left field? Um, who's that going to be? And go from there. Let me uh, – I do want to ask you about the season as it's trending as a whole, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk – so we were in the press box talking about – and I and I got a lot of opinions – but I, but I said, uh, and some hey, so is everybody else. Yeah, and most of them. That's one thing we all have is an opinion. Uh, but uh, if I'm looking at this team, and I want to say Hunter Stokely, and then Casey Cook are your MVPs so far. Um, can you just talk about Stoke and the the way he's playing? I mean, that dude seems to get a hit every time you need it. Um, and then he plays. You mentioned the scoop he probably should make at first, but. I mean, yeah, I'll talk about both. They've been great. And, you know, honestly, the guy that nobody really talks about, in my opinion, has been probably our most consistent, steady player from start to finish has been Jackson Vandenberg. Mm -hmm. 
And what a credit to that kid. You know, didn't start opening day. Gets in there, you know, had some shoulder issues, had to get a shot in the shoulder. Shoulder's getting better. Man, he's been awesome and phenomenal. If you look at those three guys, that's helped us get through it, even though we haven't played as well as we want. And Vance and Mac are trending up. You know, Mac didn't get the big hit runners on base, but, uh, you know, Honeycutt had a pretty solid week with five RBIs and two home runs. We want to have more RBIs. Uh, but the fact that those two guys, they can flip like that, right? You guys know you've been around baseball. And all it takes is, is guys getting hot. They're going to get hot. I firmly believe that. But but Stokely and Cook have given us flexibility because we need to hit. You got, obviously, Honeycutt, Horvath, Cook, Stokely, Frick, and Vanderbilt. You got to hit those guys in the top six right now. And then Osuna, who hit in the five-hole last year, starting to show signs of coming out. He's still going to strike out here and there, but he's having better at-bats. He's getting on base more. He's driving the ball more, and he's striking out less. You know, this week he didn't have as many. He only struck out three times against Boston College. Um, and then Colby, we moved him up yesterday, but I'm going to settle him in back in that nine hole. Those two guys have allowed us to do that. Stokely has worked. He's led. Um, and that, that makes me even more excited about the potential moving forward, even though – I call it the weekend of the sweep. You know, misery loves company, I guess, but we weren't the only team that got swept this weekend. We just happened to get swept at home. Um, but in our league, it's going to happen. You better be able to move on quickly. And I think, you know, hopefully we had the group to do that. But, man, Stokely and Cook, you know, it's been awesome to watch them do what they've done. I like to see Cook drive the ball more. Right. You know, I like to get it where he would drive the ball in the gap a little bit more. Um, so we might even tinker with the lineup a little bit this week. Those six guys are still going to hit in the top six, but how can we be more productive? Like Matt said, I don't want to be 0 for 18 and the bases loaded. You know, maybe we need to, to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, when, when you talk about it, I mean, the Diamond Heels have a, a lot of work ahead of them to achieve their goals. Looking at the the RPI and the nitty gritty report right now, you know, North Carolina's at 47th. You know, that's that's a rough spot to be in right now. But obviously, you know, last year. You know, the team got hot. And so, you know, looking at it like that, the ACC is just an absolute bloodbath. And, you know, teams hovering right around 500 in the league. You know, how do you yeah, differentiate? It's going to come down to last weekend. Appreciate you reminding me that we're telling me we're 47. Try not to look at those. Sorry. Um, and I don't want the guys to, you know, they've been through it. I don't need to talk about last year, but so much. But we put ourselves in this situation. So that's just the reality. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to play down the stretch? Are you going to play tight because your RPI is 47? Or are you going to strap it on and get it done? And that's going to be my challenge today is let's let's move forward and get it done because it can flip in a, in a second. Um, you know, Ole Miss last year at this time was dead in the water and they won a national championship. So, you know, you got it's more taking the taking the attitude of nobody thinks we can do it. Mm-hmm. And and saying that use that as an advantage for us. This week in UNC baseball with Scott Forbes. Scott, I'm gonna ask you a fun question to get out of here. It's been a rough week. You got a, you got UNCW on Tuesday, and then traveling. Uh, have fun with that bus ride to <laughs> VTech. Um, See the weather forecast. Uh, it's got to be raining, right? In like <laughs> 25 <okay>. degrees. <laughs> Wind will be howling out. <laughs> you know, uh, but like Matt said, you know, it's, we don't have a tough, we don't have anything tough ahead of us. 
<laughs> you, hey, there, there's no game you can't win. That's for sure. When it's easy, uh, it's easy. It's more gratifying when it's harder. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question, though. Shout out to Grace from the DTH. We did a poll. Jody was in it on top five baseball movies. And it's posted in the press box, right? So you need to walk over there next door and check it out. Give me your top three baseball movies off the top of your head, and then you can go compare that to the uh, to the list that's in the box up there. My top three, no particular order, Bull Durham, Sandlot. I just love that movie. I always have loved it. I don't. I don't. I don't know why. It just kind of takes me back to being a kid. Callan, the, the third one would probably be a close tie between For Love of the Game and Major League because they're opposite movies. But, you know, if you need a laugh, you got the first Major League. Um, so those are, you know, I, I'd probably go For Love of the Game maybe slightly, maybe put Major League more with the Sandlot. Nice. I, I had Sandlot number one for what <laughs> you said. I mean, it is classic growing up baseball movie. Well, that's what I, I mean. You know, that's what these kids need now. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. You got Twitter. You got Instagram. You got everybody's got an opinion. And these kids read it. You know, and what I explain to them is none of those opinions matter. You know, if somebody bashes you as an 18 to 22-year-old, what does their opinion matter? But that's the reality of where we are right now. Everybody's looking for something to to complain about or bash these kids about. Um instead of doing the opposite. And I told him, I said, man, your true, true supporters and fans, they're going to be pulling hard for you. And the only reason they're going to be disappointed is because they love you. And that's what a movie like that, you know, goes back. You don't, you didn't have any of that BS. You didn't have everybody having an opinion. So challenging those guys like, Hey man, and I would challenge our fans the same way. If you're at the game, man, pull for Vance Honeycutt, pull for Matt Horvath, pull for these kids. These are kids. These are kids like uh, what's his name said at Oklahoma State. I'm the grown man. You know, like if you want to take any shots, feel free. It ain't going <laughs> to bother me. I'm 48 years old. But these kids, like I, we care about them and we love them. And they need everybody's support. And that's going to help them succeed. That's why I started to go off on that soapbox. But that's what the Sandlot made me think about. I want the kids playing like it's the Sandlot. You know, and, and – uh, we can all help them do that. That's for sure. Yep. I a hundred percent agree with everything you said there. Absolutely. Um, and Jody says no field of dreams. I mean, come on. Field I mean, of dreams. That, that's a good point. <laughs> God, I didn't even think about field of dreams. No, go look at the list. Go look at the list next door. And, uh, it was very, uh, a very organized poll. We took even let the Boston college guy get in on it. Um, you know, so it's, uh, you got some northern and southern. It's great. What I'm not missing. I was, I was shooting the game. What did Gambino say his favorite was? He couldn't say the Godfather. <laughs> I, not that we didn't talk to the coach. We talked to the their their yeah. their minions back there behind yeah. us that were doing it. But Jody had a take. So if you don't like the list, talk to Jody. I'll go look at it right now. And, and the not. natural. You got to go for the natural too. The natural. Nobody went yeah. for that. Nobody yeah. went for that. See, not really. Yeah. All right, go it's check it out. Fellas. Go coach team. Go get the practice, Coach Forbes. We always appreciate it. This week, you, UNC you. baseball. Y'all have a great, a great day, great week. Take Thank care. You. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 